You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have justin forrest justin plays drums in caspian he also plays drums in the new band memory drip uh, with my good friends marshall from teenage wrist and dave marion from fear before the march of flames the triumphant return to the stage which has happened now um i believe when we did this chat it was beforehand uh the gatsby's american dream re- reunion uh, at the Terragram Ballroom uh, in L.A., and seeing footage from that show looked amazing. I was not able to get down there for this, uh, which I'm still kicking myself for, but eventually uh, it'll happen again, I hope, and uh, I'll be able to see all the old friends from that era of uh, our lives. Um, it was a big deal, um, all the things that happened back then and uh, shaped us into who we are today. So uh, it was awesome to get to meet uh, Justin because he uh, is someone I've not met before. Um, I've been a fan of Caspian for a very long time. Um, he's also in a band called Soam. He's done all kinds of things, toured with all kinds of bands, done merch, everything. Just a, a road dog, which is awesome. The stories are great. And uh, man, what an awesome, awesome dude and a great chat. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Uh, so let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. Uh, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can rate the show on Spotify. If you're listening on those now, please do so. Um, we also have the the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group, as well as the premium service, peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, 
where you get the old episodes on video. You also get the past cast and the ad-free feed of the new podcast. So uh, if you don't like hearing all the ads, which keep the lights on and I absolutely have to do, um, you can do it that way and still support the show. Uh, hopefully, I believe Caspian's out on tour in Europe right now. So if uh, any of those guys, my boy Phil, are listening to this, uh, travel safe, my friend, and uh, uh, miss you a lot. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on soon. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, jump back into some older episodes. We've got a lot. We've got over 330. Um, hopefully some that you'll like, some you may not. Who knows? Uh, but that's the the dice game you play with podcasts when you're deep diving back through them. So if you feel like it, you like the show, uh, tell a friend about it. Uh, spread the word. That's the way the show has grown so much is from all you guys talking about it. And I really, really appreciate that. All right, let's jump into this one with Justin Forrest from Caspian and Memory Drip. Yo, can you, can what's you up, me? bro? Yeah, dude. You sound fantastic. You've done this before. <laughs> um, a couple, but I mean, uh, I'm working on some videos with a friend right now, and this is his like, basically, he does like a Twitch stream. Okay. So he has like a whole setup he's letting me use. Yeah, dude. Right on. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for the reschedule and and uh, I don't know what it is, man. Ever since all this stuff went down with covid like it seems like we're sick at least once a month it's so <laughs> it, weird it's, it's funny because you when you sent me that i was like oh man i was like ready to go last week and then this week i've been fighting the same thing so my voice is kind of a little weird too but oh shit should be fine see it's it's everywhere <laughs> i get yeah. a cold every month it seems like and sometimes it's bad in the throat sometimes it's just in the chest sometimes it just it's weird it's the new normal i guess yeah i mean well this is like first time getting sick in probably like a year i don't know what happened but just maybe just adjusting from like the winter to spring. Like it's starting to get really nice here in Denver. Yeah. Like today is like almost 70 degrees out, which is awesome. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. We're not there yet in Portland, but maybe, maybe soon, maybe soon. We'll see. Yeah. But, uh, I like the shirt, man. Uh, did you see the new song that dropped like yesterday? Yeah, I, I checked, I checked it out. Yeah. Bad optics. Yeah. Super cool to see them coming back and doing something. Yeah, absolutely. Together for sure. It's, uh, Man, that's one of the first bands I ever heard getting in, like getting into punk rock. Like that was that CD was just on my buddy Nick's uh, CD player. I'm like, who's yeah, this? Same. He's like, oh, I got it through like mail order up in Alaska and, and uh, put it on and and never looked back, dude. Yeah, awesome. But, what uh, what part of Alaska are you from? Uh, Wasilla, which is it's like, like kinda... I'm trying to think uh, like proximity wise. It's like 50 miles from Anchorage. Like okay. it's it's an hour. It's, it's pretty far out there though. Uh, not really. Like it's 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 in the it's in the valley. So Anchorage is is more um, like densely populated. But Wasilla is is growing. It was growing when I left, and that was twenty three years ago. 
um yeah it's getting here there's a there's a best buy there and a walmart and <laughs> everything else that you could ever imagine um but yeah we we that's when started doing music stuff was in wasilla i grew up on a little island called petersburg in southeast alaska until i was 11 and then uh moved up to the mainland which was a whole nother ball game but um yeah are you are you born and raised in denver yeah actually um i mean i was born technically in Colorado Springs, but I never lived there. That's just where, uh, like both my parents, grandparents live. So they were supporting my mom while she was having me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been in Denver pretty much my whole life. Okay. I wonder if you and I have met even more previous than the Caspian show at one of the, if you were in that well, scene in Denver. Yeah. I mean, I definitely saw anatomy. I'm, I can definitely remember one. I don't know if more than once or twice, but like it's definitely at like either Club 156 or Two Loggies, like up in Boulder. Okay. Um, with yeah. a, like a Fear Before show for sure. It's always with Fear Before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I went and I went and double checked. Like, you know, I still have like a CD case, like mm-hmm. one of those big case logic ones. And like, right, you know, I have them alphabetized. So the first or second page is like right next to my AFI and anti flag CDs. It's like Evan S is right there. There we go, dude. Man, I am so, like, I don't, that was a different time. Uh, like I go back and listen to that and I cringe, but then I talk like to, to folks like you or like, um, it, it's just so many bands, like so many bands that I love now tell me that they were into that band then. I'm like, how can you be serious that you're into that? And now you're doing this incredible stuff like you're doing, like, like, uh, Marshall like, is doing like, uh, it, you, holy fawn. Like Jesus Christ, man! Like, how is this happening? That that in any way influenced the greatness that's coming out now? I cannot fathom it. I really I mean, can't. It was, it, it was heavy and it was full of riffs, man. You guys had really good melodies and hooks too. <sighs> you know, it was just a different era. You know. Yeah, I guess it was just it was it was. I guess it's the whole kind of genre is a little bit weird and cringy back then. But um, <laughs> I know we always tried to be different, but I I don't know if we succeeded at it. But it was. Uh, it was definitely fun. I just don't understand how it influenced so many cool bands uh, that that don't make me cringe when I listen to it. But I guess <laughs> when you listen to your own music, too, sometimes it's a little cringy, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, I didn't you know, do much after that, so I didn't have anything else to go back to to redeem myself. But um, that's what I'm trying to do now, I guess. Did you guys, did you guys ever play at uh, Rock Island in Denver, like back in those days, too? I don't think so. We played... Okay. And I don't know, I don't forgive my geography on this. Was, uh, there was like a, we played uh, that that weird satellite place that was like, it was like a, uh, I think I talked about this with Dave, like what it was called. I, we called it the satellite, but it was like some like control station for something out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was like a little like cinder block building. That was where we first played with Fear Before and got ditched by our manager and had to stay with them for weeks until we could afford to get home. But it, we called the satellite. We played um, Cervantes. Yeah. Okay. Which is, is that in Denver? Yeah. Okay. I actually live like a, I, that's like a half a block from my house. Oh, right. So it's still there. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. Okay. That place was rad. Um, mm-hmm. The bluebird. Yep. Played there. And then, um man, was it Colorado Springs or Boulder that has like that old theater? Uh, uh, shit. Probably, it's, probably Boulder. 
Boulder. Okay. We played yeah. there with Poison the Well, but that was with a Portugal the Man. Um, okay. And I was probably at that show. Okay. I don't yeah, like that's one of my favorite bands. I don't think I missed a Poison the Well show. Dude, that tour was incredible. Uh yeah. so much fun and so weird. Like, like, why are we on this? I remember when it came through <laughs> with management, I was like, we have to do this tour. And everyone's like, really? And I was like, yes. And they so I got them to say yes, and then we all had a blast. But they're like, well, maybe we should go with this this one or whatever. I was like, no, poison well, it's going to be awesome, and it was yeah. great. But uh, anyways, I what, uh, what what record were they on at the time? They were on versions. Oh, sick! Which awesome. Is an amazing record, and it just did not get the praise it deserves. But yeah, uh, it, people, you know, that's when they got real twangy, like mm-hmm. super twangy, and people were into it. But I loved it yeah like all all the weird like slide guitar shit on there is like so good dude it was it was interesting because ryan uh i just don't want to talk out of school here but like ryan's dad had passed away i believe it was his dad yeah it was his dad had passed away and left him a little bit of money not a ton but when you're a touring musician you know especially a little bit of money is good anything helps but he was able to buy pretty much every piece of gear he ever wanted for his live rig and he built up like some incredible gear like he was running like a like a fender twin behind his stack to like bring the 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 highs through yes and um uh had that mic'd up separately all the guitars he wanted like it was kind of his way of keeping his dad with him on tour which was a really special thing and 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 so i don't feel bad talking about this information i'm sure he would tell anyone but um, he really honed in his sound. Like he was able to pick out exactly what he wanted and create it. And that was really cool to see. Like if you could have, you know, every band does that. You get signed and then you get a gear advance. Well, not every band. You get a gear advance and you go to Guitar Center and, ooh, I want this and this and this. But he was like <laughs> finding vintage stuff that he wanted for specific reasons and really honed that band's sound. Yeah, he has some amazing tones too that he <laughs> he uses it's a musical genius yeah um yeah yeah i saw i celebrate their entire catalog for sure <laughs> i actually i actually think the tropic rot might be my favorite record of theirs really yeah i mean it's like to me it's like poison while trying to write a deftones record and it's phenomenal a little bit yeah 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 they actually went to alaska on that record really <laughs> yeah they did like i think it was like a warp tour thing where they brought a couple bands up to alaska or something yeah i saw that yeah um yeah anyways but like yeah that was a great tour and yeah it was a b market tour so it was it had to probably be springs or boulder um yeah probably boulder yeah anyways and that was the fear before (laughs) yes ironically but uh dude okay so memory drip yeah how so did you know dave before memory drip yeah, yeah okay definitely. so th- this how did you get involved in this band <laughs> this is actually it's good because you're gonna get both sides of the story like you've had mm-hmm. dave's side you know of kind of like me coming in at the end but mm-hmm. the funny thing is like um you know Marsh, marshall and i have we're coming up on like 18 years of friendship like pretty close like we've been in multiple bands together like we've done everything together but um he like somewhere in 2021 i think he just texted me um you know, I have like a garage studio with pretty much like everything you need to record, you know, all the mics, all the plugins, like everything you need. And uh, it's just kind of a, a space away from things to write. 
And he told me he was coming into Denver for a couple of days, like around something else he was doing. And he's like, Hey, can I book like a day or two in the garage? And I was like, yeah, dude, of course. No problem. Didn't tell me what it was for. And, uh, so the day that he was showing up, like I went in there a couple hours early to clean it up, you know, get rid of all the beer cans. And just like, I even set my drums up too, just in case. And, uh, you know, he's like, he showed up with the guitar and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, Dave will be here in a minute. And I was like, Dave. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do some stuff with Dave. And I was like, okay, cool. And, uh, but I just kind of like, you know, I was like, I'll be around. Like, you know, if you guys need anything or have any problems and just left and then, uh, didn't talk to him for a bit. You know, it was just like, he told me he locked up. I was like, okay, cool. And then, um, basically he did this, I think two more times he, you know, and by the, you know, so after the first one, I went in and I, I scoured the computer looking for stuff that they did, but he put it all on his hard drive and took it. And then, uh, like by the second time, same thing left no trace of any music or anything <laughs> by the third time though, there was a couple demos and I was like, that's when I was like, okay, dude, what are you doing? And like, how can I be involved in this? And they kind of like sat on it for a minute. And then he's like, do you want to just drum in it? I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so by the time, like I, you know, kind of got to it, like most of the songs were pretty much fleshed out, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, 80% of the way there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I was learning the songs and kind of setting them a little bit of just my ideas for changing a little bit of stuff. Um, but then it was like, let's just book time. Cause I, I was doing a ton of tours between both my bands. And so it was, you know, wrist was doing a bunch of touring. So we're like, when can we lock out two or three days to just knock out like most of the recording. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I think it was May of last year. We spent two days in Denver and did all the drums and all the guitars. And then Marshall did like all the bass and vocals on his own. Um, at his studio in LA with Dave. So it just kind of like, it kind of happened a little organically, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You discovered especially, it. Especially for someone that, you know, like Marshall and I have already been in bands and I've always admired Dave and I love fear before. So mm-hmm. it was like very cool to kind of bring this all together. That's incredible, dude. It, it, your camera froze. I think. Are you seeing oh, that? Oh, I did. Yeah, I see that. Okay. It was weird. It's like, <laughs> it's like froze, like you're like touching fingers and just like your face is frozen. And then, uh, oh, that was weird. Yeah. I'll For a second there. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> just frozen on the best face, too. That's how That's it always fantastic. happens, though, right? Uh huh. It's always like, we're back. Hell yeah. Okay. So, well, the cool part about that is just, they happen to leave remnants the third time and you discovered it and, and like, what the hell this is. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's like, you know, they're just using the computer that's at this studio, but just like Marshall's taking it and putting it on his hard drive. But I, you know, I don't know if he did that on purpose or not, but it was still like finally got to hear, you know, I don't think they would have mind if I like hung out and sat around and worked on stuff with them too. But I think mm-hmm. I was just, I had to, to go to work or something. It just didn't work out, but I came back like after work and was like, Oh, what were they doing? Mm -hmm. And finally got a glimpse of it. You know, do you remember what songs those were or what pieces of songs those were? Uh, definitely the first song, actually the one that's coming out, uh, I guess I can yeah, it's coming out tonight. So it's a self-aware. Okay. So the first song, yeah, that song was on the computer. Okay. And I think maybe teacher nurse was on there too. Dude, that, the music is so good. Um, when Dave hit me up about it, uh, I was I was like, with who? He's like, with Marshall, really? And and like, I I didn't 
I didn't have any idea what to expect because it'd been so long since I'd heard Dave sing like, and he would always change every fear before record was different. Right. And it'd just been so long and had no idea what to expect. And my God, dude, it's just, it's fucking phenomenal. You guys killed it. Like it's, I think I, I love that the response has been so good. Yeah. It's been really uplifting. Like we, we didn't, you know, we didn't know what to do. Like we've been already been sitting on this for too long. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, just, let's just pull the trigger on it. You know, we were shopping for labels, but I don't really care that much about labels mm-hmm. in 2023. Um, and then we were trying to work on PR and it's like, it's just, we have no budget. Like, you know, Marshall and I are already dumping so much money into our other bands. Like yeah. it's kind of hard to have another band to like have another passion project. Like we're doing as much as we can for like, pressing merch and tapes and shirts and everything so mm-hmm. we have that but we had no money to spend on pr but we were just like fuck it let's just put it out i think it'll it'll do do well on its own yeah i think people are going to reach out to you guys for pr stuff like hey come on my podcast hey do this hey do that you know because yeah gonna i mean exactly yeah. yeah totally um it's, it speaks for itself yeah like we have you know the good for it video we did and we have another video that'll come out on the release day of the record too. So mm-hmm. we have those sitting in the pipeline too. Excellent. So hopefully, hopefully someone will maybe pick that up and put it out for us. Yeah. And you guys are going to play with Gatsby's in, uh, in LA and a couple yeah. shows on the way there or a couple shows in Denver and then flying. Uh, we're doing Colorado Springs and then Denver. And then we have like two days to get to LA okay. and then play the LA show. Very good. Man. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm getting up to speed on things here. So I have my next my next thing on my mind is how being from Denver, how did you get involved with Caspian? <laughs> this is the first question that everyone asks me. Yeah, and I've, this I've this this goes back almost. This goes back to 2006, I think. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, this was like no nothing new. Where I just like you know they found me on YouTube and I joined the band or yeah. something like this. Uh, I've actually been touring with them since. 2010 like pretty steadily okay like just as a as a tm merch guy like guy like whatever um there's actually a comment we did this uh we did a kexp thing like right after we saw you i love and, uh, that i watched it last know, night again yeah like it's we're so you know you're, you're not supposed to read the comments but i just do it anyways but i read a comment and someone actually commented like i think their drummer used to be their merch guy and like i screenshot it and saved it because i'm like you're not wrong and that's really funny yeah but uh yeah, I did. I've just been touring with them forever, but um, I, I actually just booked their shows like in Denver back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So we just met each other. And it's just kind of that thing, like when vibes click, you know, they click. And then, um, you know, then it was like the next time they would come through instead of just booking their Denver shows like, hey, let's do like a Midwestern, you know, run or like a Southwestern run. And we just do a couple more dates together with like one of my super old bands, Adai. Mm-hmm. So we were just kind of like, became friends and then um yeah they took me to europe in like 2009 and that was like sold a deal we're like just best friends forever yeah and then uh yeah it was like all the way 2018 we were in china and uh <laughs> we were doing a festival so it was like just two gigantic festivals we flew to china to do these festivals and uh the la- after the last festival we found this like super divey bar just down the street from our hotel and like a bunch of the bands from the festival were there and they like let us take over DJing. We were just kind of having a party and the old drummer, he was outside like kind of sitting on the curb smoking a cigarette and I went and sat next to him and he act, like literally like no joke, like he put his arm around me and he's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to have to tag you in soon. 
And I just laughed. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I just got married. He's like, my wife wants a house, wants a kid kind of thing. And, uh, I just, you know, I laughed it off, kind of shrugged it off kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it was like the next year, 2018 or 19. Um, I got a call from Phil that, or I got actually, I think it was like an email or a call from Phil saying like just a whole list, like that they had all gotten together. Um, and basically just decided they were like, you know, he, Joe said he's done with the band. Like, and he literally was like, you should probably hire Justin. So that was, it, it was kind of like a very like nice transition, like no bad blood or anything. Like, yeah, no one getting fired or anything. So that was really nice. Very sweet. In China. Yeah. <laughs> of all play- what was it like going to China? Like I, it just pops to my mind immediately. Like I've never um, been, I've never, I think my aunt went there once for like a quilting trip, <laughs> which I would, didn't care to hear about. So I didn't ask, it's, but it's actually cool, man. I think Asia is one of Caspian's biggest markets. Um, like we have, you know, we, I'll, I'll tell you about December, 2019 in okay. a minute like that. Cause we did three weeks over there. Uh huh. Like, right ground zero of you know coronavirus yeah yeah i mean i've done i think three asia trips with them now um like mostly china we've done japan we've done taiwan hong kong um the very first time they went i wasn't with them they went to like the philippines Mm -hmm. i think um maybe thailand or something too i think we're we might be going back there this this winter also which is cool but yeah it's a really cool market man it's really interesting the crowds are so energetic mm-hmm. like japan is just tokyo is just wild like people just going nuts at these casting shows which is fun as hell yeah yeah so. what about what about so get this sparks my interest immediately <laughs> like, like when i talk to people about playing russia <laughs> yeah, too I mean, like I mean, what does yeah, it take lot. to go into china and play shows like, uh, do you have def- to submit things? Like, what is the logistical definitely, definitely nightmare? Visa, definitely visas. Um, you know, it's like you have to ship your passport off for like two weeks to the Chinese embassy and then like hope you get it back. Yeah. And it just. You, you send the this, actual like, passport? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little nervous. Dude. Like, yeah. Um, what? And like, you know, I, I have to send mine. Like, I ship mine like to either Yanni or Phil. And like, they, uh-huh. like Yanni's been going down to the. Um, like the Chinese consulate in Manhattan because he lives in Brooklyn or in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it's like just a nightmare fuel spot to like have to wait around with a stack of US passports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're just like handing them off and you're like, okay, I hope I get them back. But we, yeah, we have this, wow. um, we have this, you know, really good friend and he's like the guy that promotes everything. Jeff Vraze, he runs a company called New Noise Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a Belgian dude that, I think he went to China for school, like or college or something. And he speaks like perfect Mandarin and Cantonese and perfect English and perfect Belgium and everything. But he's like the connoisseur of post-rock over there. Like he helps all these bands go over there. Like he's booked, you know, Mogwai, us, like Mono, Deaf Heaven, like, and he does like the whole region. Like China's pretty fucking huge. Like it's almost the size of the state. So, you know, we've spent like, three weeks doing a bunch of like train shows and like a couple of flights here and there. But yeah, they have like those, they have those crazy like bullet trains out there that go like 300 kilometers an hour. Uh huh. And like, they do like the bank thing, like around oh, turns. God. It's crazy. Does it make you sick? <laughs> no, like, no, you don't even feel like you're moving. Like what at the all. Hell? Dude, it's like technology that you like, I don't understand why it doesn't exist here when it's like, totally common out there yeah 
Like you could it's get like, from like LA to New York on a bullet train in what, six <laughs> hours or something like that, seven hours. Like Maybe, something yeah. crazy if you're going yeah. that fast. Well, but I guess easy, kilometers easy, per hour. Easy like LA to San Francisco in like an hour or two, you know? Yeah. Instead of having to like do that shitty drive. That needs to happen, man. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. So so touring with the band, get tapped in kind of in China to then drum for the band. Yeah. What a man. That's incredible. I Phil Phil is one of the the greatest human beings I've ever met. Uh, I'll say that <laughs> I I'm sure um, I I couldn't agree more, man. He, he's he, and, and it's, the, the the more I think the more that time goes on or maybe the older we both get like you know like cuz I I have to, you know, when we rehearse or do tours, I basically fly to Boston and I stay with him cuz he's kind of the only one still in the area that has like room for me, mm-hmm. you know, and him, him and I'll just sit in his kitchen and just like, you know, he's, he's becoming like a really good bartender. So he'll just sit there and test out cocktails on me or we'll just have beers and like, mm-hmm. just talk until it's like, we realize it's five in the morning and we're like, holy shit. And like, <laughs> we've been doing this like for a while now that where it's like every time learning more about it. And it just feels like every time we have more in common than I could have ever thought. Yeah. He, so it's kind of, it's cool. He's so smart. And He's really smart. God, the it almost never, it almost didn't work out. Where the first time I was supposed to have Mon, I called and he didn't answer his phone, and I was like, "What a dick!" Like he just doesn't answer. Like it was set up and everything. I was like, "I got to the studio and everything going." I'm like, "Just answer your phone." And it's like, "This man, was before before this, that 2020." Yes, yes. Okay. And it was like, "What an asshole!" And so I almost didn't even book it again. And then I hit Monica up. I was like, hey, so Phil didn't answer. She's like, what? That's weird. Maybe something was going on. And I was like, well, they're going to be in town, you know, in a couple weeks. We want to try it again. She's like, yeah, let's do that. And then it happened. And then it was just like magic. Like it was was one of those moments. It was just like we'd know each other forever. So weird how that works. He's he's easy to talk to that he will make you like very comfortable and yeah. yeah you just like uh yeah feel like you guys have known each other forever mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a really interesting thing and it happens yeah, so, every once in a while in this dude, show so did you did you did you stay for that doug first show i didn't i had to i don't oh, remember what really? happened like i came to the show and my plan was to go to the show i don't remember if my son got sick or something happened where my wife texted me and i had to come home I don't remember what it was because oh, man, I had, that, my kids was, were way younger at the time. So there was some perfect storm that happened. Like, I, first of all, I'd never heard of that venue, but I've been seeing it on flyers my whole life. So when that tour got booked and it was finally on our routing, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck yes. Like, you know, I do, I do love Mississippi Studios and like mm-hmm. some of the other venues we play there, but Doug Fur is just like the shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just also like a huge sucker for like wood grain and wood and like, the exactly whole venue is. is just that's exactly what the venue is, is like decked out in this shit so it was just like awesome and the stage is really cool mm-hmm. and they have like they have like no production as far as lighting but the lighting they do have is this like sick like back wall kind of curtain lighting mm-hmm. which is exactly my favorite shit um and like i think another there's like this weird like again perfect storm of like maybe the ventilation in that room like just doesn't shift in a way that some venues do so like i had Cause I, you know, I still run the lights for us too. They're all kind of triggered and time coded. Uh-huh. But, um, I had, you know, I had a hazer that was on tour with us and they had a house one too, that I was doubling down with. And it just like perfectly clouded the room to where like the lights just looked 
insane. Like all the videos and pictures I saw were perfect. And I was like, dude, that was like a perfect show. And I think Brad, who's our front of house, like, I think he even like maybe tracked that one too. And it just like sounded phenomenal. Like that was like a perfect Caspian show. And I'm bummed you missed it. Dude, I am so bummed I missed it. I was so (laughs) excited to go. And uh, yeah, I don't remember what happened. I remember texting Phil like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, because we did it earlier on. Yeah, you were there like right when we got there. And then I left to get something to eat or something. And that's when I got the text. Like, I don't know if my son was throwing up or something. Something was like, I need you to come home. I was like, oh, okay, I'll text Phil. And um, that was that was it. And then he told me how good the show was. Like, it was like, it was a great <laughs> show. And I was like, dude, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> I fucking missed it. And then the world shut down. Yeah, and exactly. I was like, I may never see this band again. <laughs> uh, it may have ruined my only chance. Interesting side fact, though, the Doug Fur is moving to downtown. And I don't know Weird. what it's going to be like. I yeah, don't know I don't if know they're going to. I don't know if I like that. Because I liked how it, the, the showroom is sort of downstairs too, you know? Yeah. And I don't know where else you'd find a building that has tucked that. tucked away behind the stage there with like a yeah. door. Well, I'm glad I got to play there at the one that's been there forever. Because it, again, it's, it's like legendary in its own and I got to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I don't know what, I don't know how much that building is just like paneling on the walls that give the look of the log cabin kind of thing but (laughs) maybe they'll do it again downtown i don't know i don't remember where it's moving but it's moving they announced it and i was like oh that sucks because shows on the east side like that are easier to park it's a whole nother ball game downtown's just a mess wherever i remember i remember that day too um like johnny one of our guitarists he is a carpenter like very good carpenter Mm -hmm. and he is also like obsessed with twin peaks um Mm. So just like that, like the second we also found out we were playing there, it was like, I think that morning, you know, we had drove into Portland the night before mm-hmm. and that morning, like we got up early and like left the hotel and we went to Doug for as soon as they opened to like eat breakfast and like yeah. have a Bloody Mary at the bar and was like, walked around the whole thing just to check it out. Cause mm-hmm. he was just all boned up about it. And I was like, I'm right there with you, dude. Yeah. Damn. So. All right. Tell me, so tell me about 2019 China. Okay. <laughs> we're now to I may never see this band again because of this um, fucking virus. Yeah. So, you know, we had just finished, you know, on circles was done. I think the mixing was done. Mastering was done like right. Maybe before that, um, like we did a European run that summer, like just festivals. And then uh, we also did. Did you watch um, the couple of YouTube videos of that show we did with the orchestra? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we did that um, right at the end of October or some point in November. And that like just felt insane, like incredible to like, because all of us worked for months on that. Like I'm sure Phil told you about like scoring it. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, were writing these like three part harmonies with strings and a brass. And uh, I spent two months in my room, like programming the light show and like just trying to work out all the logistics with audio tree and everything. But um, yeah, so we finished all that and it was like, okay, cool. like. China's on the horizon. It was booked for like a year and a half out. It was awesome. And it was a pretty long routing. Um, and we got there. Everything was great. Like some of the biggest shows, we started playing a couple of the new songs like Wild Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like we we're going, we, I think it was like December 2nd to like maybe December 19th or something, December 20th. It was like two and a half weeks. And as as we're leaving, 
I think we all kind of had separate flights because, you know, I'm flying to Denver. Some people are flying to Boston. Yanni's flying to New York. Yanni literally put in our like band chat, like an article mentioning the coronavirus mm-hmm. and how it had just how they had just locked Wuhan. We were in Wuhan five days before for a day and a half. Like we had a full day off in Wuhan and then we played a show there. And like the day off, like we went around to like markets and we hung out in a bar with like a bunch of people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't know, like nothing, you know, we were all fine. We got home, we were all fine. And, and like, we joked about it, like in our band chat, we were literally like, oh, that's funny. Like, that's hilarious. And then what was it? Three months later, everything yeah. shut down. Dude. But we were like right there, like ground zero in Wuhan when this was coming out. My God, I'd never even heard of Wuhan until this all happened. <laughs> and you're playing festivals there? Like, or was this a club show? Yeah, it was a club show. Club yeah, show. Like a okay. tiny, like, smoke filled club show. Like, people are still smoking indoors, like, <laughs> crammed in there, like, sardines. Like, it was wild, dude. It was wild to, like, find out that that's where it started. And that was the first place to, like, shut down and lock itself down. And, dude. uh, because it's a, it's a big city. It's a really big city. Yeah um wow yeah like we literally laughed it off at the time and then it's like it was not funny it's still not funny <laughs> no it, it it touched everyone too like it it is so crazy like the it first landed in like another music chance thing like uh chino and i were supposed to do the first episode of peer pleasure with him mm-hmm. we we're supposed to meet up and do this and we had to cancel it the first time because uh his daughter's school is where it first hit Oregon. A teacher got it. And she was like wow. the first case and they shut the school down and everything. And he's like, I got to be home. Like I, I can't leave. Like the, we got to figure this out. And I was like, dude, oh, right. no he, problem. Like he lives in Portland. Too, yeah. yeah. And so he was uh, just going to come to your studio. We were going to do it. I think we we're going to do it at his house. Oh, um, <laughs> and then I couldn't be more jealous of that. Well, that's where we did part two, and that was the <laughs> surreal experience for all kinds of reasons. But the the uh, um, the first one we were going to do at his house too, and and that uh, just didn't work out. But it, that was why it because it, coronavirus had hit Oregon, and then everything just went to shit. Like, um, so was I was chaos. I was I guess I wasn't in Oregon, but I was in California. Like the second week of March of that year. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, I was on tour with um, that Colta Luna tour, like Colta Luna, Intronaut and oh Emma Ruth Rundle. Um, and it was like that, that was the first time I heard things shutting down. Cause mm-hmm. like we, I, we were talking with management with Caspian cause we were supposed to go on tour maybe, you know, a month later in like May, April or April, May. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they were, and our manager, one of them's out in, in LA too. And I was like, yo, I'm here in San Francisco. And I have a show tomorrow, you know, with Colt Luna and like, no one's talking about canceling anything. And this is like March 10th. Yeah. You know, so it was like three days late. Like we finished the tour. I think the last show was March 11th in San Diego and we didn't cancel anything, but it was like, then two days later I went back to LA. I was just going to hang out for a week with a friend. Mm-hmm. And like within two days, I was like, I need to get on a flight home now. Cause I, I didn't know if they were going to, like they had shut off international flights, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if they were going to shut off domestic flights. So I was like, I don't want to sit on a greyhound back to denver so i was like just take me to the airport now yeah Jesus. and then it was like got home and then the next day like all of denver shut down like my job shut down i was like okay oh my god 
I remember seeing Tool at the Moda Center right before they were going to lock shit down. Like, it was weird. Like, we were looking at each other kind of in this. I mean, Monica got me uh, tickets to their show. Of course, incredible seats, like right at the hundred level, like right just by the stage. She's the greatest. That, she's the greatest. That, Shout out that's to like a, in a yeah, yeah. That's like an arena in Portland. Yeah, yeah. It's where the Blazers play. And um, oh, right, cool. Uh, my friend Jake and I are sitting there and just like, should we even be here right now? Like, <laughs> things are like okay. They're starting to like limit gatherings and things like what, that. Like, what, what does that even what, mean? Do you remember the date of that? Oh, dude, it was like the ninth, eighth or ninth of, of March. March. Yeah. Because <laughs> the next day, everything shut down. Like, yeah, all the rest of Tool's tour was canceled. They went home. I think Maynard ended up getting COVID the first time right after that. Um, and But then all shows were canceled. Everyone was flying home. Uh, my friend Jenny was in in this band called Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Yeah. They were flying back from Paris. Like, they, like they were calling everyone home, like, uh, canceling tours. And everything just shut down. I was like, I think maybe we just saw the last show ever. <laughs> and uh, which I was like, cool. It was Tool. It was rad. It was like the ninth time I've seen him probably, but it was great. And I was like, well, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's it. That's how I felt too. It was like, I had just done three weeks with Cult of Luna. I was like, well, there's no better way to stop seeing music than after seeing this band for You three were weeks. drumming with Cult of Luna? No. Okay. I, I was going to say, actually, Jesus I, Christ, man. I, I, you know, I've been touring with them for like six years, but I just, I actually just sell merch and I'm like their light assistant Man. for them. <laughs> you're, you're just, man, you're, you, the places in life you are going are, are just incredible. And Dude, the music you're doing and the bands you're participating with, like, yeah. Oh my God. I, I hate to like, I don't know. Some people don't believe in it and I, I kind of do and I don't, but I just, you know, I'm, I honestly consider myself like one of the luckiest people, like, just ever like i don't know how i do the things or like how i got hooked up with these things but mm -hmm. I, I know i work really hard but it's really like it comes down to there's a bit of luck there too like yeah. just kind of a lot of things like i was in the right place at the right time kind of stuff but you have to come through on that time too like you yeah, you yeah. can get put in the position but you have to come through on that of course that's a, that's speaking to your character yeah like you deserve to be where you're at because you're there like you you don't stick around in music if you don't belong there as far totally. as yeah all these things you're getting to do which are just incredible like bucket list kind of things and it's yeah. just life but yeah that's so, so I, cool i i also like i work for this band um catatonia it's like a uh -huh. band, another metal band from sweden yeah and the, the first tour that i did with them in the u.s was 2013 it was catatonia cult of luna tesseract and intronaut mm -hmm. and that's where i met the cult of luna dudes like okay which was like, it blew my mind. Cause that's been one of my favorite bands mm -hmm. since like 2003. And uh, yeah, I just met them then. It was like, next time they came to the U S they were just like, Hey, we need, you know, like a merch guy. I was like, I don't care what you need. I'll be there. If you're yeah. asking for it. And then a uh, band assistant. Yeah. I've just, I've been touring with them ever since. And um, yeah. And then like Caspian just got to do that tour with them in Europe, like actually playing, which was mm -hmm. phenomenal, which, you know, was also like rescheduled and rescheduled because of COVID. Yeah. But it, like was every night was just like either sold out or just packed. It was amazing. And you didn't do merch for them there though. They have a guy over there that does it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. That they have, suck. Dude, have they, they, merch they, they go play in the they have, a, they have a whole team, man. Like they, they, I think they had like 15 people on tour. Like 
you know, they already have like seven people in the band, but then like monitors, like front of house, a light guy, a lighting assist guy, like a, a social media guy. Like, have you seen all those like sick videos they've been posting? Yeah. Like, this dude is insane. Like he, like, have you seen, like, have you seen these like YouTube videos of like wedding photographers where they're like rolling around and trying to get you to make like laugh. Like that's what this guy was doing <laughs> yes. in the band. He's like, he's running around in the barricades and like, all around the balcony to like get these like sweeping shots and you're uh -huh. like what the fuck is he doing and then like the next day i open up instagram and it's this like 60 second reel that's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and i'm like holy shit that's why that guy's on tour with yeah, them he knows what he's doing like he's absolutely necessary like this is this makes their tour just look so legit especially you know they have literally the best light show like mm -hmm. out there besides mashuga or mogwai mogwai's light show is pretty sick but that was, I don't know. I've, so here I'm talking to a lighting guy. <laughs> hey man, fuck your opinion. I think, I think Mogwai is a sick light. They do, they um, do have cool lights, it, but I, yeah, we have, I have to, I have to like, I don't know. I have to battle with that. Cause I'm, I'm like always waving this little Caspian flag, you know, cause it's been like my favorite band forever. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, not that there's ever a competition with Mogwai, but it's like, you know, I'm like, no team Caspian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, okay. So have you seen i'm sure you have maybe you even know what it is or have it i don't know but there's this thing like you have something in your hand and you it looks like you throw it in the air and it stays there it's like a like a camera on a balloon kind of feeling like if someone threw a balloon and it just froze and like followed <laughs> you around oh yeah bands are doing that now i don't know what that is do you know what i'm talking I, about i do they're like because i know uh gopro makes a couple of these weird like like ball camera things that are for like action shots for like 360 views and whatever yeah but it goes um, up but, above you like but yeah some people are using just straight up drones too like flying drones around around yeah. venues which but, is sick so you know like when you put like in a music video like the, of course the early 2000s music video everyone's putting cameras on their guitars so like their body would move but the guitar would stay static so it yeah, makes yeah, everyone yeah, sick yeah. Just like, like kind of clipping it to the headstock or something. Yeah. The, yeah. the Emory guys is where I saw this, but Devin was singing, not playing anything. And just like, looks like he threw something in the air, but you go into the air and then you're like over him and everything's moving <laughs> except for you. I don't know what this, it is. I've seen is it like, twice. This is a recent Emory video. This is a recent, like, yeah, it was on Instagram. I don't think it's a music video. Also, I got to check this out. It's for weird. Sure. I'll have to try I'm to find the link to it. Re really interested in new cameras and ideas, like trying to like yeah. really dive into a lot of video stuff. Like, like the good for a video was shot basically on cameras. I own with, um, you know, a friend of mine who him and I have been doing a ton of like a ton of shit together since the pandemic. Like he's mm -hmm. done three out of like the five song videos. Like we did them together and he did the other memory jet video that's going to come out too. Mm -hmm. um, like that's, I mean, this is his like Twitch room that I'm using, but yeah. yeah so I'm really interested in like new ideas that bands are doing for music videos and stuff. Just trying to like push things together for my own bands. Yeah. I'll have to find this thing. Cause it was, it was wild. It was like you were in his palm of his hand and then it, it's weird. It's like if everything else froze, be like you're the guitar that's frozen it's weird like it, it's nauseating <laughs> but it's cool um but yeah the drone stuff like i was watching some spirit box like festival stuff with the drone like Sick. flying around that was crazy and uh because i have a drone and i can't fly it like that 
Really? <laughs> no, not at all. Like, it, but there's people that race those things. Yeah, that's intense. But yeah, the the whole like concert experience since COVID like is a whole other ball game. Like trying to like get all like all those live streams and stuff, and everyone trying to like present their stuff in the best way possible without actually yeah, I mean, being there is, is hate, really intense. I, I fucking hate the word content. Like I, it makes me want to just punch myself, like saying that you know, we have to create content for this <laughs> band, but fortunately that's exactly what we have to do. You know, like I'm an artist, not a content creator, but like that's what you have to do. But yeah, it's like, if you look good on the internet, like people are going to see it, mm-hmm. you know? So unfortunately you have to like do these kind of things. Dude, I've been fighting that for a long time now. Like yeah. I started putting stuff on YouTube and I'm like, the audience doesn't care about YouTube. Like it's all audio. Like no one cares. Like I'll put up the audio version of the show and it kills. And then you go on YouTube. It's like, Oh, 200 people checked it out. Cool. <laughs> really? So that tells me right there. Like Marin doesn't do video. Why should I do video? Not to say Marin is, is on the same ballpark, but like he knows his audience isn't a fucking video audience. They don't care. They want to listen yeah. to it on, on audio. Yeah. That is really starting to show me where this show's at as far as where it needs to be. So like content wise, I mean, the show is what it is, but I don't, we had, we had, um, briefly like some social media help with the show and there was just so much they wanted to do, which was cool, but I just couldn't see the point of it. Like there was so much effort put into a very little return. And I know it's something probably if stuck with it, it probably would have done well, um, but it didn't. And I was just like, why are we spending all this time on this? Like, I wonder, like, you know, as far as a podcast goes, like if you if it was like if we were in the same room or mm-hmm. if there was three people, if it would be more views. But just kind of this like back and forth with us, like it's not it's not engaging. I just need the audio, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I could see why maybe it wouldn't get too many hits. You know who does really well with the podcast thing that's fairly new to it is uh, Chris Garza. From Suicide Silence, have you seen his setup? It's really a no, cool I, looking I, honest, studio. I gotta be honest, like I really don't fuck with podcasts that much. Like really, now that now that like Dave did his, um, I went back and I listened to like ten years in the last week, and I'm like, oh, shit. Is, why why have I not listened to this before? Because <laughs> like I do like it's the band the band ones obviously like are the ones that appeal to me. Yeah, um, like like I do follow like Washed Up Emo. Like I listen to a lot of his because mm-hmm. uh, his are phenomenal, and he's done a bunch with people I really admire and respect. So. Yeah, but but so have you. Like you've done you know these chino ones or dave nutson or you know beyond i'm like this is awesome i appreciate that very much i i i I guess i just assume people are all into podcasts i I don't even ask i hate to to be like that person that like i I think i just need something a little more engaging you know than just like yeah because then like if i'm doing something while i'm listening i think i'll I'll stop paying attention to either one of them you know Mm -hmm. so i'd have to i have to sit down and just like listen and not do anything See, so that's like it, super weird because <laughs> <laughs> that's super fucking weird because most people listen and digest these while they're doing something. It's to get them through whatever they have to do. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I guess like I like I don't I don't really drive anywhere. It's mm-hmm. like I don't like I know that's when most people crush these things out, which is mm-hmm. makes total sense. Like, I guess I could listen to it like while I'm cooking or something. But yeah, this yeah, one, I don't know. I, COVID like to bring up COVID again. I never talk about COVID <laughs> on this show. For some reason, it's happening today. But the number of podcasts grew massively, but listenership was down like 50%. 
And like, well, everyone's at home. What the fuck? No one was commuting. Oh, so right, everyone right. was exactly. finding time to start their podcast, but no one was commuting to listen to them. Yeah, no one's driving or hitting the it's subways or riding buses. Yeah. 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 No one's on planes. No one's they're not gonna yeah. sit around their house, <laughs> you know, and I rarely think someone just sits there with their eyes closed and listens to this. Like <laughs> like I would listen to your records with my eyes closed with with headphones on. Like anytime someone sends me something, like last night when you sent me Psalm, uh yeah. my phone wouldn't play it. Okay. Like the Google Drive or whatever, it would say, yeah. uh, cannot play this file and okay. try to download it. And it wouldn't download it. And but I, I had my headphones on. It was in my room in bed, dark. I was ready to just like listen to it because that's yeah. how I like to digest music now. Totally. It was super clear, especially ones like you said like with the WAV files, not the MP3s. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. you can hear everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Like when Marshall sends me stuff, like when he sent Memory Drip same thing i said i'm not gonna listen to this till i can get home tonight with headphones on kids are asleep i can just lay there and and absorb this and that's exactly the way it happened like uh and it, it's i don't i'm the same way like you are with podcasts with me well was with music music started to get really old to me like i started to really not <laughs> enjoy it like i was just like god i just don't i don't know what to listen to i don't know and i was just frustrated so i listened like talk radio or i listened to a podcaster, so I don't listen to a lot of podcasts either. But uh post rock is what kind of saved me because I it was different on so many levels to where I could just put on all kinds of stuff. And it was a whole new world. Like it wasn't <clears throat> like the lack of vocals in most of it really was good because it was like orchestral and 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 um What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now the podcast about nothing your favorite podcast's favorite podcast do you enjoy nothing <laughs> so do we why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts thank you hey guys this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Like there's something about it. Like I could just get lost in. Like I was talking to. Um, I think like the the most popular bands too. They do the like the lengthy song too. So it's like yeah, easy, easy to get lost. You know, where I was like, oh shit, it's a song's been on for ten minutes. It just flew by. You know. Mm-hmm. That's so exactly I, I totally, it. Yeah. 
and I you get, get lost in it. And and yeah. there's so many layers and you just kind of like takes you over. And music hadn't done that to me in a long time. And and so I got really into post rock and I was like, I could listen to this all day. Um I just a, like a not even a newfound appreciation for it, but like more of a discovery. Yeah. Of just how <laughs> much is out there. Cause I had like like key bands I would listen to in the genre, but then once I started to really dive into it, it was like I could do the like you can collect bands now on Spotify like nothing. Like I could I go follow a hundred post rock bands, yeah, <laughs> and they'd all be amazing, but I wouldn't have yeah. time for all of them. So no, it's yeah, almost like, exhausting. Yeah, like if you went to like your favorite one, and like I wonder, like I've never even really checked out like Caspian Radio, but I wonder who would be on there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you, it just be all these bands like that probably sound pretty similar, but never heard of them before you know but yeah yeah they still probably put out decent music there's uh uh yeah i haven't done that either i should do that with casper yeah I w- <laughs> and just see what comes up like yeah. uh like i've done that with gods and astronaut and uh do make say think and um my god uh uh this will destroy you that band uh played with portugal randomly on a show mm-hmm. like opened it in texas i'm like who are these guys they're sitting down look at this like we're just assholes like yeah well, i guess we'll let these guys fucking play okay we were on tour with paul troy and uh we're up there just like wow oh, so boring like just jesus christ and then the the post-rock moments would hit and it was just like yeah. oh my god okay i'm sold like it just took yeah. that moment. Um, I was talking with Mark Bird from Hammock about those post rock moments, like the the build and the build and the build, and when it just finally hits. Um, there's nothing like it in the world, man. It's just so good. I can't get enough of it. These just crescendo moments of glory um, that aren't in anything else because everything yeah, else is built I, up to the chorus. I'm, you know? I'm like a, hu- a huge mono fan, and it was I think it was like 2000 and nine or ten when they played at Le Poisson Rouge in, in uh New York with like a 30 piece orchestra mm-hmm. like flew out there for that show and just like that was I was in the front row of the balcony just like almost dead center just like crying the whole time like this is the most insane shit I've ever seen like it was just sonically because I think um um I'm blanking on his name the uh old minus the bear keyboards the Red Room dude in Seattle. Uh, oh, uh, he also did the Caspian records. Yeah, Matt Bayless. Matt Bayless. He uh, engineered that show, so it was like already like just sonically fucking perfect. <sighs> and like that room too, like Le Poisson Rouge, just mm-hmm. built for exactly what they were doing. So, like, yeah, every time they'd hit one of those, you know, crescendos into this huge drop was just like, got, like, got, like gut wrenching, just yeah. insane, you know. Dude, we there's a band called Green Milk from the Planet Orange. Have you heard of them from Japan? I've, I've yeah, I have heard that name. Okay, they played a basement show at a house we were living in, and they all sat down, and it was so weird because the music was incredible <laughs> and like like had so much to it. But then I saw Mono for the first time yep. at, at a club I lived at. Yeah, and Taka's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, Taka's just sitting there. <laughs> But I'm like, what, you what, are what speaking to my heart. What, what is that about? Like you go to see a band you love and then like you see them sit down and like you feel like this pretentiousness of like, look at this fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? And But then you're like, nah, it's actually kind of sick. It's like the, it's, and I don't, 
this is going to sound really <laughs> bad. I don't mean this how it's going to sound, but it's like the Japanese version of the impress me bro <laughs> up with the arms crossed, you know, like it, it's like that where you're just like, okay, you know, that's like a meme, right? Like it's, but over there, I, I, I asked him about this. I had him on the show. I think I asked him about sitting down while he's playing. I don't remember, but he, uh, they, they just play right into your heart. Yeah. But most people, you think about you're writing a song. A lot of times you're sitting down. They just, they just do it when they perform it as well. <laughs> and then get out and you know they're playing with the pedals and and all that but there's there's something uh and not to i always get on these fucking not soapbox but like these like i'm very up and down with my energy here i'm sorry but like there, <laughs> there is moments in post-rock music and things like where you're playing with an orchestra things like that where like you said you were just crying the whole time like there's almost times in those realms where I feel like that's what life is all about. Like of anything you can do in your life, that moment you're absorbing that pure, just onslaught of sound and, and stimulus or stimuli, whatever you want to call it is the purpose of life. Like it, you were literally being fed what life is all about in that moment. And that's why you well up with tears and you can't handle it. You know, it's I like agree. a 13-year-old yeah. girl at a Taylor Swift show. Like, yes, she's putting on an awesome show. I mean, I would do the same at that show. But too. Yes, <laughs> yes, but like, you know, the, she can't control herself because it's probably like the fourth or fifth show she's ever seen. And there's so much coming at you. And this person you've idolized forever is in front of you. With the post-rock stuff, the person necessarily isn't who you've been idolizing. It's the it's the the art they're making and the 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 sounds they're creating that are pulling that out of you and it's such a beautiful thing like I, there's times i can remember just like where i thought of nothing else like my mind was blank but my like my organs were playing music like it, everything was vibing at the same time heartbeat what's going on on the stage thoughts just disappear yeah and you're lost you're like you're 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 a shell for a second and life's going right through you like like a like a like a arrow just passing through your body like a conduit and that i really i've said this now six times probably in this last paragraph here of what i'm saying but like that's life like that yeah, is dude. that's purpose and I, it's just funny like it's funny that you use that uh taylor swift references analogy like i actually like one of the best shows that i've seen in like probably actually since the pandemic was Billie Eilish. Um, mm -hmm. She played at Ball Arena here in Denver, which is our arena. And I got like floor tickets and it wasn't sold out. So it wasn't super packed down there. And she, you know, she had the like long catwalk that goes into the middle of the room. I was maybe four people off the barricade at the end of it right there. And mm -hmm. I was like, it was like the sonic, you know, like I've seen a lot of shows in there. Like I've seen Deftones in there. I've seen a bunch of other bands and like the sound was kind of, kind of wonky because it's an arena, like mm -hmm. whatever. But like hers was crystal fucking clear like just bananas like how perfect it was in there and uh like some we did a billy eilish cover a couple of years ago so it was like kind of learning one of her bigger hits and like reimagining it like it got really when she came out and played that song like I, the same shit happened like i was like holy shit like this is the song 
and like hearing her play it like just took me back to like learning it mm-hmm. and it just like felt kind of more intimate with it like i didn't you know not saying like i was crying the whole time but it was like i was kind of just frozen just watching her play this song like it was phenomenal like one of the best productions i've seen best sound like best everything yeah in an arena like that arenas yeah. sound terrible yes <laughs> when it can hit on all points like that and someone that does like lights and stuff like you do, like you understand how the sausage is made but you <laughs> if you can be impressed i, I almost got that. hired to be her light guy too but i turned it what? down because i because i knew i was joining caspian <laughs> get the fuck out of here yeah so her tour manager <laughs> is a, her tour manager is a friend of mine and her monitor engineer is um, a dude who plays in a band called Bad Rabbits, and uh-huh. I toured with Bad, Bad Rabbits for like three or four years, and that's how like they were in town on a day off early, and I took them out, um, and we just had drinks or whatever, and then they got me on the list. And uh, but yeah, I was like, I think it was 2017 when she was she was doing a smaller club tour, like she played the Bluebird, honestly uh-huh. in Denver. Okay. And same shit. Her manager came to a bar I work at, and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing in like the next year?" Like she's about to go on an arena tour opening for Katy Perry. And he's like, we need, uh, like an LD. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, I'm not ready to quit music, you know, to like, uh-huh. cause that's a, that's a job. That's a career. Like yeah. I'd be on re- retainer with that. And I was yeah. like, I'm not, I want to do it, but I'm not ready to give up like creating, like this is who I am as like being a creative artist. So mm-hmm. I just said, no, <laughs> do the Caspian guys know this? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they know your dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Set for set for a long time or give it a shot. I Yeah. I, I just I don't, you know, I really I don't like I don't care about money, man. I hate to say it. Like mm-hmm. I care like about creating more than I care about any sort of financial stability. And I'm I'm honestly totally fine with financial stability. Like even being in like five bands, I'm totally fine. So. Have you ever had financial stability? I mean, I, f- I feel like right now I'm doing pretty good for myself. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not like, I don't own a house and I'm like not wealthy or anything, but sure. You know, I can still buy a symbol here and there and not break and your bills are paid and you can eat yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, I just got home from like basically about five months of touring and like rent was paid. Everything mm-hmm. was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not worried about it. Man, that's a beautiful place to be. That's why there's good bands because people like you that, that are, are more into creation than, stability and are willing to risk <laughs> risk their lives to i mean high, high risk this. high reward you know like that's what i mean like i like again to double back i was like i know it's not just luck like because i'm putting in a lot of work but it's mm-hmm. like i have the opportunity in front of me why wouldn't i do it you know yeah so just yeah. constantly trying to do these new things and projects like that so yeah yeah i mean that's what when memory drip was like there it was like I'd, I'd be stupid to say no to this or mm-hmm. like stupid to like let it slip through my fingers when marshall and dave are doing this in the studio with all of my gear and everything mm-hmm. like why wouldn't i just be like yo i want to can we do this together yeah that would be the dumbest idea ever to turn that down yeah. or not say so, but here's the thing yeah, too. And that, you, that was actually that was funny that uh I had no idea, like, you know, cause Marshall, he's, you know, he's told this story about, you know, how he, him and Dave leaked up literally just like through a DM mm-hmm. and I, that blew my mind. I was like, you didn't know Dave before this. He's like, no, I was like, how the, how, like, you know, he has been out of Denver for 10 years now, like a solid 10 years, but I'm still like, 
you didn't meet him before you left either. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of like blew my mind, but you know, cause yeah, like you said, like Dave is the, one of the sweetest dudes, man. I love him. Like he's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I started to really get to know him maybe like four or five years ago when he was working um, with a bunch of really close friends I have and just kind of like start, he started coming around more, coming out of his shell and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it turns out like he's literally like the biggest hockey fanatic I've ever met in my life. Like, and uh, him and I have like started going to games and watching games or and whatnot. And like, he, like, he can go like, he can all the way down to like, this player is making this much money or this team's cap salary is here. Like he's just like an encyclopedia of hockey. He's crazy. So it's like fun for me to like hang out and watch a game with him. Yeah. Cause he's, Cause he's so like, knowledgeable. He's so knowledgeable. It's insane. And not just like, Oh, you know, other people are like, Oh, I like to watch hockey. Cause they fight. He's like, no, I like to like hockey cause or watch hockey. Cause it's an awesome game, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's- yeah, him and I've been getting to know each other for a little while. And then, the music thing was just like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. If I'm thinking, I'm thinking on this, like if you took that job with Billie Eilish, like, you <laughs> wouldn't have the moment you had there, like letting it like hit you that way. You'd be creating that for other people, but then you'd end up being like watching Caspian in the crowd. But now you get to do that and experience Billie Eilish in the crowd as people should yeah instead of being behind the curtain that's the best of both worlds right there like you can go anytime you know the people so you could go see any show you wanted with Billie eilish and get those yes. moments yeah when you want to but then you also get to be the one on stage creating those moments for other people yeah with caspian instead of being in the crowd um which you were able to watch caspian as a band plenty before this i i i would be pressed to find someone that's seen more Caspian shows than I have. <laughs> like I, it's no way that there's someone out there that's seen more than I have. Like, I, like even our front of house, Brad has been with us since 2016, like on every tour, like he's been on every show, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I still had six years before that. So yeah. <laughs> God, that's so insane. Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. I, I am so stoked for people to hear the, the, I've said it so many times already, but like, I'm so stoked for people to hear the full memory drip release because it's so good. And there's so many different pieces to it and styles and, and, uh, yeah, every song's a new journey. I actually listened to it. Uh, I was in that, you know, our garage studio last night Mm -hmm. with like really nice monitors. And, uh, I actually listened to the whole thing again last night. And I totally remember that. It's funny. We put out good for it first. Cause I remember when Marshall sent me them, I think that was my least favorite of the demos because mm-hmm. it was, it was really unfinished. Like re, it was literally just like that riff. And I was like, this isn't like, ugh. you know, I was like, this isn't that good of a song. Like, mm-hmm. but it was like, once it came together, I was like, dude, this song fucking slams. Yeah. But I remember that being the one I was like least stoked on. Cause like there were no, there was like barely any vocals. And uh, I think there was like no kind of ending either. It was just like, like just kind of that whammy riff, you know? And I was like, that is a sick riff. Wham daddy. <laughs> yeah. Wham daddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, like dude, he literally uses two, like a whammy bar and the whammy pedal at the same uh-huh. time. So he's like using two whammies at the same time. Like he needs to get like, someone to make him like a custom whammy with like multiple feet. Like you could stand on it and just work <laughs> it back and forth. Like those, those workout deals you do on the couch, like with the pedals <laughs> yeah. or you push them in like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. And call it the Wham Daddy. Call it the Wham Daddy. Call it the Wham Daddy. <laughs> Fuck, man. There's so many, what are they, Wampler and uh, Walrus Audio or Earthquaker. Fucking listen to this. Yeah. Make the Wham Daddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, put a fucking theremin on it that is connected to a whammy and let no bar needed. Like, just do anything you want or a, a whammy suit that just gets controlled by his body or I don't know. I'm getting weird, <laughs> but uh, the dude's a genius. And, yeah. Uh, like, Marshall, Marshall, what would you do with a million dollars? Two whammies at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second kind of office space reference we've had so far on this chat. What was what it? Was it was, the... I celebrate his entire cat, their entire catalog. <laughs> and now what would yeah, you I do? do with the oh, two chicks at once, dude. Yeah, I what do love that. <laughs> a couple of chicks will double up on a dude like me would dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, office space came up at work today too. That's funny. Uh, the, those cultural, um, it's like Big I mean, Lebowski. It's, it's just, just it's kind of so relatable thing. to your day to day every day, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gotta wake my ass up six a.m. Drive up to Vascolitas. Yeah, I'm doing the drywall up there. Like, no one asked. You just like it tells me. <laughs> That's what you do as a movie podcast. I'd listen to that. That'd I be would good. too. Yeah. My God. Uh, <laughs> do we have time for a fan question, dude? I'm I'm all ears. Dude. I got no time or all the time. I mean, got a fan question. Um, came in to me last night. Uh, excuse me on Tuesday from. Uh, uh phil from boston um <laughs> why did you why did your friend offer phil's mother a reefer at monkey mania <laughs> Dude, I actually, okay that's hilarious because i did i like you do want to hear this story like, i do this this like so back to your the only question you asked me which was how did i get involved with the casting guys like yeah they um so i mean little backstory i met a band called junius uh, on tour the year before in 2005 and like just it's another classic like instantly we became best friends like mm -hmm. just so fast like i was set up next to <laughs> i was set up next to mike who's now in psalm okay at the merch table and he's just like clugging away at emails on his laptop i'm just sitting you know i was like 18 he's like sitting next to me i'm just like we're at a festival and like my band plays and then I come back to the merch table and, and he puts the laptop away and just starts talking to me and like, won't shut up. And then like their band plays and the same thing. It was like, what the fuck? Like, I love your band. They're like, we love your band. Like whatever. And Junius was from Boston mm -hmm. and like, they were already really good friends with Caspian. So Junius was like, Caspian was coming out to tour. Like, like I said, it was like, Junius gave them my info and I booked their show. <laughs> I booked their show at like one of Denver's like, longest old time running diy spots called monkey mania um and so the tour gets booked and i think phil told you like his parents met here and this is where he was born mm -hmm. um so they were like oh you're playing a show in denver we're gonna fly out and come see you <laughs> not knowing that it's like this like real trashy warehouse like i mean not in the best i mean i i spent like years in this building seeing the best fucking bands in there but for his like old parents to come and see the show was kind of weird, but yeah, it's like they're playing. And I guess, uh, just someone offered his mom, his mother, Madeline, like, like, you know, a joint or whatever. And his dad was right next to him was like, we need to get out of here now. <laughs> and like told Phil later, like someone offered your mom reefer. <laughs> 
<laughs> he called a reefer. <laughs> he called the shit poop. That's oh, what it feels. Feels, that's what it feels like. Favorite stories of of that that show and just like the very first time they played here, which is I think it's hilarious. It's perfect. The sweet, the sweet gal that makes uh, blankets out of llama or uh, alpaca alpa- fur. Alpa- dude, I've slept in those things. They're amazing. Dude, he still he still owes me one of those. Uh, <laughs> he was gonna offer it up. Yeah, I'll just have my mom make you one. Uh, yeah, we had like we had a Zoom meeting on Monday, and I mentioned I was coming on this, and he was like, "Oh, dude, awesome, that's sick." <laughs> <laughs> He's due for a part three. Nice. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Uh, whenever it, yeah, the opportunity arises. He's got. He works as you know, as a bartender. So it's always super late. Uh, and I'm on the, the West coast. So nothing yeah, so ever kinda, matches kinda... up <laughs> <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that is, <laughs> he sent me that text. I was like, did he tell you he's coming on here? He's like, Oh yeah. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to add this as a fan question. I uh, love that. That's the one that he picked. Like, yeah. Cause that, that was sort of a, like, <laughs> kind of how our friendship blossomed was because i booked the show i think i like you know i found out phil was like a huge pizza nerd like he's the biggest pizza nerd and like i've been making pizza since i was like 17 and mm-hmm. i like went to my shop that day made a bunch of pies for them and brought them down to the venue and i was like hey what's up i'm justin like met everyone and then just like yeah the show happened and then that that story <laughs> with his parents happened and he it, it's just one of the best like like I couldn't ask for something funnier to happen in Monkey Mania. <laughs> <laughs> he offered Madeline some reefer. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that dude. Uh man, thank you for thank you for doing this, dude. This has been an absolute blast. And I know yeah, I, yeah the one thanks, question dude, I asked thanks. you, I don't ever do questions. Like <laughs> it's just how it goes. It just Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, man. This is fucking red. I mean, of I love course. Bring it up like and it just hopefully answer because like I said. That's probably the biggest question I get asked is how come a dude from Denver is playing Caspian? It's like, I don't know where to begin, but like, yeah, here it is. You know, it's, that's all it is. Nothing like weird and no YouTube tryouts or something like nothing like that. Yeah. It's a super interesting story. And I, I will have to do a part two because there's a, there's a, a whole bunch more I'd love to talk about as well. Um, without time constraints, but the, uh, on, on my end, sorry, but, no, no, um, that KEXP performance video, I just watch that sometimes just because, because it's one of the best, it just, it's so good. Like the, the sound is so good and everyone's engaged and that, that whole KXP does rad stuff with their, Dude, their you studio. Know, you know, what's the craziest thing about that too is like, we, we, I think we loaded in at 8am and we played Seattle the night before at Numos uh-huh. and like you know, it was a late show. Cause I think it was a Saturday night. We did KXP on a Sunday and it was a late show. Like barely closed the trailer at like 1230, got in the hotel at like 1am was like, dude, we have to be back up and out there. Like so early. It was like 9am, like for like a 10 o'clock show. Mm-hmm. We're like, this sucks. But like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just kind of like, the the you know and like you walk into this it's really weird it's a cool building and like mm-hmm. the new studio they have is phenomenal because i watched caspian do it in 2016 and the studio they had is like smaller than like this little podcast room like it's mm-hmm. it was tiny they're all cramped in there and the new one is just huge and it's awesome um but you're like wheeling like carts of all your gear like through an like literal office with cubicles and like people are sipping coffee and i'm like 
all right, where's the tequila at? Like we have to play in 30 minutes. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and like, they actually, they have like a big green room. They're like this big Topo Chico, like cooler all stocked and like laundry for bands. Like they know how to do it right. They took care of us. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, I remember just kind of going in the green room being like, I got to get myself in the mood. Like we just ripped a couple shots and then we're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Like, yeah. And I watch it back too. And I'm like, dude, we were, so dialed it was like, so tight so perfect oh man like the the and now i understand phil's face for the first three minutes knowing that the the logistics it like 10, of it, it just happened yeah he looked so <laughs> bummed out and upset and i was like okay and then once things started to hit like you could see his face change but i'm just watching him like what's going on man like what happened here like everything sounds really good and then uh yeah less than like, six hours of sleep and and back yeah. for the morning show i saw like the you know the songs we picked i was like oh thank god like of course you know we had to promote the new record so mm-hmm. i was like i was pumped that they were songs that i wrote so i was like then it already takes away that fear of like you know when i have to learn all this back catalog stuff it's like i'm like counting to save my life like mm-hmm. don't fuck this song up because i've you know i didn't write it we haven't played it that much but that show was like just new songs. I was like, dude, this is going to be easy. Like I was like a kid in a fucking candy store, like, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the lights and cameras, I was like, this is awesome. Let's go. Yeah. So I was not bummed at all. It was so good. Yeah, man. I'll literally just on a Sunday or something, just put it on, on my TV. Like my kids are like all, or I'll just have it on my phone. Like that performance I've watched so many times. I just keep coming back to it. It's like this comfort zone thing. Like, you know, yes, when you put it, on a movie you really love and it just makes <laughs> you feel good. Like, it's kind of like that. If I'm yes. on YouTube, I'm going to go there. You yes. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that that, that version of division blues also is like, I won't say it's better than the record. Like, but the performance is better. Cause like we fought, like that song is in the most ridiculous time signature. Like our mm-hmm. guitarist Cal wrote it. And I remember him like, writing it down on a, a whiteboard in when we were writing i was like dude what the fuck am i looking at it's like 11 9 and then it switched to 12 10 to switch to this and i'm like <laughs> dude no but like it that's how it flows like you don't if you're not counting it it's just a riff that like mm-hmm. kind of like goes up and down and like every time adds a beat or drops a beat and it's like it works but it didn't get it like all the way until like that tour and was like i stopped like counting and fearing it and then you just play it and you're like this is awesome yeah and that specific one at kexp is like the performance is phenomenal mm-hmm. it's awesome it's like almost better than the the one at the the um the show we did with the orchestra because mm-hmm. we played it there too but the kexp one i think is even better yeah it's it's wonderful and it's just the band and like two little camera guys you see every once in a while on like the back <laughs> shots behind you yeah like you see the two camera guys there and then you don't and everything's just and it's just so crisp and and yeah you just feel that energy and it's cool because i can actually watch you play drums like in a lot of the videos it's hard to see but this is oh, the yeah, lighting we're so, so good we're so yeah we're so backlit and like yeah. sometimes it, even the lights are almost in front of me because there's no room on stage but watching you play like like watching just even just you on the ride like it you're like playing through the ride like you're not like <laughs> ding ding you're shoving yourself through it and it's like carrying the weight of everything like it that's how i view things like this like i'll just like it's like earth moving like it's like just like heaving like there it's but it's so uh you're playing is very when i'm watching it is very um 
I don't want to say peaceful, but it's it's it seems like there's a comfort there, not like a safe. I don't mean this in a safe way, but there's like a comfort to it. Like you know what you're doing, and you're just like your body's just flowing. It looks effortless, but it sounds incredibly intricate. Cool. I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like what you're playing is incredibly difficult, but you make it look effortless. But the way you play like through your drums, through the cymbals, like you like throw your, your stick, like through it is really interesting to watch. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm not a drummer, so I don't yeah. understand these things. I just know what I see. And that yeah. when I watch you play, especially on there, um, I see that. And uh, it's really cool. Hopefully that's not insulting. But no, <laughs> it's really it's, it's funny because really cool. you, you put it so gracefully and other people are like, why do you smash your drums so hard? I'm like, I don't I don't know. It's the one instrument where you get to hit things. Why would I not hit it as hard as I can? But you're doing it and you look so calm while you're doing it, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like you and like Chris Hornbrook from from Poison Well also looks calm, but plays yeah. through his drums. Yeah. Like he's putting them through the fucking floor. He's he's I'll literally I'll, like calm. I'll, I'll credit him a hundred percent to the reason why I even play bigger cymbals. Like I remember even just like you come before you and started mm-hmm. watching videos of him playing and like his cymbals were huge. And I'm like, what, what, did, what is that? I'm like, and then I started buying them and like the sustain is better. Like the, the frequency of like the, the volume and the tone that they're hitting is mm-hmm. lower, which sounds nicer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, but then it's also like, it's easier to play with your wrist when it's like bigger in a movement instead of like, you know bouncing back and forth with the smaller one so yeah yeah it's like i i actually credit him 100 to why i play on bigger cymbals like him and definitely like tucker rule too which yeah. like that guy plays huge cymbals like mm-hmm. just huge he plays oversized everything which i'm i'm also all about like i think he has a 24 26 inch kick but he's that huge kick drum like big toms and then just gigantic cymbals everywhere like i, I love watching that guy play we can bring it back around to Poison Mole again because that 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 you come f- before you era is when we first met them on Warp Tour with the Nami of Ghost, and that's how I first met Jeff. Was he came by the merch table? He's like, "Dude, I love your band. Uh, we're gonna go film a music video today. Give me a shirt." And I think it was Apathy, <laughs> the video for Apathy, where he's super dark, like everything's super dark, and you see like his face. Every once in a while, you see a light go across the shirt, but it's an Anatomy of a Ghost shirt. Dude, I think. Um, like I got this, it was like a, a sampler that I think they were handing out at a tour after that. It was for you coming for you and had like three songs and like two videos on it. I think one of them is that video. It's probably that. He's like, yeah, give yeah. me a shirt XL. Okay, here you go. And then see ya. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was super cool. But uh, yeah, a little trivia fact there, I guess not trivia fact, but whatever. I'm, I'm lost. My brain's gone. But um dude this is like i said this has been awesome and thank you for uh sharing all these stories too man and dude we will absolutely pleasure. do a part two sweet uh it's I'm not gonna, my man i'm stoked dude, this is awesome i will absolutely do a part two maybe part three we'll see and uh catch you up to phil because this is uh uh been absolutely awesome and uh right on, man cool well congratulations on memory drip first yeah, and foremost dude. thanks i'm that's awesome to hear that you love so it so good yeah <laughs> so good it was it, it blew my mind because i was like okay immediately where, where's dave gonna go with this marshall's involved okay great like and then uh uh like it was 
I just didn't know what to express. I just had to go into it and just let it work its way through me. And it's just, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're now like three weeks out. I'm like, finally, Exciting. it's just going to be, you know, I, it's the patience that you have to learn. Like with these things is mm-hmm. like sitting on stuff for so long, but it's going to be out and it's awesome to finally like, you know, birth it out. So. Yeah, dude. And, and if you guys, uh, want to put a plan together or something like i can definitely try to help you get on some more podcasts or like pr wise stuff like i can definitely try to help where i can i'm absolutely down to do that um you just let I me mean, know kind of what yeah, you guys want to do and we're not, all three of us like aren't really shy dudes so yeah we're all down to do whatever okay fantastic my friend well justin thank you so much man and uh yeah we'll be in touch soon and and uh get this out to the world of course, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime, my friend. We'll talk soon. Yeah, dude. Take care, man. All right. Bye. Yep. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin Forrest from Caspian, from Some, from Memory Drip, from all kinds of different things. I'm sure you've seen him on the road somewhere, even if you haven't seen one of his bands from all his touring days um, doing other jobs. But uh, hopefully those guys are having a blast touring over in Europe doing some amazing festivals, I believe, and uh, check out Memory Drip. They're absolutely insane. Uh, Marshall from Teenage Wrist is a, is a member of that band as well as Dave from Fear Before the March of Flames, who you guys heard on the show recently, and, and Marshall will be back on for sure. Uh, but Memory Drip's an incredible band. I'm so glad to see Dave back doing something in music. Um, he's such a powerful force, um, both lyrically and and vocally. There's just no one out there like him, and and he's one of my my dearest friends from long, long ago, and, and I'm just so happy to see um, when friends do things just incredible and, and really try to support that because um, it's hard to do when you when you leave it for so long and to have a lot of things happen to you and then come back um, come back fighting. It's uh, it's an admirable thing, ad- admirable thing, and uh, I'm I'm really proud of him for that. So check out Memory Drip, check out Caspian on the road. Uh, yeah, Justin's an awesome dude. Thank you again for coming on. Um, and man, I'm just full of gratitude right now. So thank you guys so much for coming back week after week and really supporting this thing. Um, I know it's been a weird schedule. I did a week off, uh, for my birthday. And then I also released an episode with Johnny from, uh, Avenged Sevenfold out of cycle on a Thursday because of their, uh, area 15 event for their new record. So it feels like it's probably been a week and a half since it had an episode, but it, it actually hasn't. It's just confusing. So we're back on board now. We're back to regular, regular, regularly scheduled programming. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't edit these, so you get what you get. And I'm sorry. I'm, I've got allergies going. Uh, it's a weekend here in Portland and, and uh, hot weather. I'm feeling it. All right, guys. Uh, I love each and every one of you very much. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, as always, we'll see you on the radio.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.